Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of ourselves each day. Today's guest is Amanda Malachewski. She is a certified functional nutrition lifestyle practitioner, a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a speaker, a blogger who helps people get beyond their symptoms to the root cause and works with individual diet and lifestyle changes needed for recovery. I am just so excited to get to talk with you, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. I have a ton of questions. Great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. I know that you're from Petrolia. I love Petrolia. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Petrolia. We've talked about it earlier before the recording. But tell the listeners, someone who has not been there, what it looks like, what it feels like, and what you're doing there. Great. So there's a friend of mine who lives out there, who grew up out there, who's a recording artist, and she wrote this song. And one of the lines in the song is, just veer off the highway 30 miles from Ferndale. And that's really kind of a a nice image that, you know, you leave the highway and you travel over these up and down mountain roads over these high ridges with vast views of the Pacific Ocean. And and then you end up at the beach and then you drop into this little valley, the Mattel River Valley, and it's just stunningly beautiful. And it's magic. It's a magical place. Well, that's wonderful. And so tell me what it is that you're doing in that community, because it's an amazing little pocket of a community, right? There's the redwoods, there's the ocean, there's this cute little town. I mean, it's just adorable. And so what are you doing there? What am I doing there? I mean, besides like, you know, soaking it all in. (laughs) It's a pretty magical little space. We have a really amazing community of people there. And I've lived there now for almost 17, 18 years, and Uh my my vision when I came there was to practice uh, homesteading and permaculture and agriculture. That's what I had a, that's what I studied before I moved there. And, you know, I met my partner who was also into these things, and so we had this vision of creating a beautiful homestead and raising our family. And so we're doing all that, but I ran into some health challenges when I was younger, and so my career path took a pretty hard right turn to work with complex health issues for people because that was my story as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was encompassed if you want to? Yeah, no, I'd love to. So when I was 34 or so, I found myself sitting in an ultrasound clinic, uh, getting an ultrasound because I'd been having this pain that, you know, wasn't drastic most of the time, but sometimes it would it would happen down in my lower abdomen. And I was concerned that maybe I had cancer. And so I had been referred to get this ultrasound. And I was in this ultrasound exam room and having this exam. And the tech was, you know, all of a sudden taking all these pictures. And I'm laying there on the table thinking, well, you know, what's going on? And, you know, I didn't know this at the time. I had never had an ultrasound previously, but I said, you know, what are you, what's going on? And they said, well, you're going to have to talk to your doctor about it. You know, I'm just taking some pictures of what I'm seeing here. And I remember leaving that appointment and sitting in my car and just breaking down in tears and thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, like she found something, something's there, like what's going on? And I remember also thinking, this is so not right that this is how it works. You know, that like you go in and you ha- you're worried about this thing and then you have this exam and then they won't tell you anything. And then they say, you know, oh, your doctor will call you in a few days. And they didn't. And so then it was like I had to call and check in. And, and you have to do the follow-up. Yeah, I had to do the yeah. follow-up. And, you know, and they said, oh, well, there's, there's, some just, there's just some ovarian cysts. No big deal. But to me, it was kind of a big deal because the symptoms kept getting worse. Like Mm -hmm. that was my big concern. 
but it kind of went into the background for a little while because I had I got pregnant with my second child and so things kind of that that part of things cleared up while I was pregnant and breastfeeding but then when I finished breastfeeding my son uh, several years later everything returned with a vengeance and just like severe pain and all these other symptoms throughout every month that you know so when I when I sat down and sort of tracked my symptoms I had I had a very small amount of days every month where I felt normal. And the vast majority of the time, I had either digestive symptoms, I had really severe anxiety, or I had pain, nausea, just like all these really kind of big things. Like my day-to-day life was pretty derailed. So I went to see the doctor again. I was like, well, you know, something's not right here. This has progressed. It's worse. So what's going on? So she agreed to do some testing, and we did a bunch of testing, and you can probably guess where the story is going. You know, the testing came back and everything looked normal. So there I was with this, all these normal blood results and all these terrible symptoms. And the doctor said, well, you know, we could try birth control pills, but you probably don't want to do that, do you? And I said, yeah, I don't really see how that's possibly going to resolve all of these things. And this progression of, of whatever disease is happening, I don't know what, we didn't even know what it was. And so, you know, at that point, I realized a couple of different things. One of them was that even though the doctors are fantastic at helping you determine whether or not you have a terminal disease or something you know, pathologically wrong with you, that I probably wasn't going to find what I was looking for by interfacing with a regular doctor. And then the, the related thing that I realized was that I really needed to become my own hero, that yeah. I was the one who needed to start learning. And so I devoted myself to learning. But what happened at that point was that I started getting distracted by all these shiny objects like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to try this diet. This diet's going to fix everything. And I'm going to go whole hog. Like, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to give up all these foods and it's going to be great. And I'm going to add all these supplements and I'm going to add these herbs. But I wasn't doing any of this with a plan or any guidance. And the thing that was really missing was a method to understand whether that thing was right or not, like to evaluate the efficacy. And I actually, in some cases, made my symptoms a lot worse, but I didn't really realize because I was so committed to a diet or a plan that somebody had said, this is going to fix your hormone problems or whatever. So I was just about to ask, did you find out that all this came down to hormones? Of course it did. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's the one piece Mm -hmm. that most women don't realize when they go in. And it's it's, I say it's happening, but I feel like this is the same kind of similar thing that happened to me. And I think it blew up around mid-30s as well. And I'm seeing a lot of patients and clients who are even younger than that who were having issues. And I think them going right to, oh, it's hormonal imbalance or it's the endocrine system or it's now, oh, it's also affecting my nervous system and it's my body system. And people not really looking at those things. It seems so simple to you and I because we've gone through it maybe. But I think if we can give a listener a piece that if something's going on, find out what system that you're working with. Yes. And heal that. And then, you know, don't just take a tea to do this or that or do energy work on your sacral. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those things help 100%. But it's more than that. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that you hit on a perfect place for me to interject and say, it's hormonal. Ask your doctor's questions or hire a new doctor that knows Mm -hmm. what they're talking about or hire a holistic person who knows what they're talking about and that's gone through it themselves. They can help you and guide you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that especially with hormones for women's hormones, there's such a vast gap between the knowledge that we need to manage these kinds of situations and what our doctors ordinarily offer us. I mean, we, we did some hormone testing at that initial round of blood testing. We looked at a couple of particular hormones that my doctor thought might be out of line and they weren't via blood, but I'm pretty sure that, well, and then eventually I tested them with saliva and then urine and, oh yeah, there were things all over. And then, you know, just to resolve the story, as at some point realized that I had already learned so much that I couldn't believe that wasn't common knowledge that I felt like I need to bring this to people. I need to offer this to people and I need to get trained. So I started my training and as my training progressed, it was like, oh, okay, 
this is so much bigger than those, just like you say, those, you know, that one T or this tincture or whatever. This is like, we need a big picture. We need practitioners who can help guide people through this big picture process of, like you said, identifying the body systems that are out of alignment and then help navigate all those different, like there's a million things you could do in each and every case, but which ones are right for you? Exactly. And finding that place. And for me, that looked partly like dietary changes. It looked like lifestyle changes, but it also looked like surgery. And, you know, when, when I finally had that surgery, oh yeah, I was finally diagnosed with stage four endometriosis and adenomyosis. I had severe endometriosis in, in my whole abdomen and my organs were all stuck together. And yeah, okay, no wonder I had digestive problems. And and yeah, there was this raging hormone issue going on. And but the testing said that there was not that you were in the average. Or over. testing said I was there was nothing wrong with me. Can we talk about that for just a moment? I want to talk to you about testing because I've had that come up a lot in my practice. That people go in, they will get the invasive testing, blood testing, if you will, from an allopathic physician. It will come back in a normal range. They will come to me. And I will definitely right off the bat do a couple just visual tests of their tongue, their eyes, you know, the way their body's standing, a biofeedback, just a couple things that I have in my tool bag and can tell immediately it's off. But because they have this blood work done of testing, we're still in this process of recognizing that we need to trust in. And I truly feel like we are just more intuitive than that and we're more progressive than that. And medicine changes all the time. Do you have anything that you want to say or can you speak to testing how you feel? Absolutely. And that's such a great question. And this is, I think this is a place where there's so much misperception. You know, I keep hearing in my training from doctors and other people who have a lot more training than I do that it takes an average of seven years for information from research to trickle down to primary care. Are you serious? Yes. So, you know, the functional medicine doctors out there and functional nutrition professionals and people in the functional medicine space who are doing this work are promoting a view of blood testing that what you see on that blood test that you get from your allopathic physician and the the reference ranges are they're much wider Mm -hmm. than true health they kind of encompass everybody exactly but we want to look at a narrower range of results for people and so you know someone who has quote-unquote normal blood labs can hand me those blood labs and I can look at those and say you're using a different metric of evaluation that you were just speaking about with tongue and eyes and things like that. But I can look at those tests and see some patterns of imbalance that don't flag things as high or low, but the functional range of health is much narrower. And I can say, oh, okay, yeah, there's an indication here that your body's deficient in vitamin B6 or B12, or you maybe don't have enough stomach acid or you're chronically dehydrated oh, you have evidence here of a parasitic infection or severe allergies. You know, has anyone been talking to you about that? And so- The answer is usually no. The answer is usually no. Right. And so one of the key places where I want to support people is plugging what I call plugging nutrient leaks. So somebody's deficient in vitamin B6 and B12, which I'm sure you know, is essential for our body's basic detoxification processes, absorption of certain nutrients. If we don't have that working properly, like we're not going to be able to resolve any of these other imbalances. So okay, let's identify places where you may need some support with particular nutrients that either your digestive functions compromise for one reason or another, and you need to supplement that or your diet is deficient in that where can we add that and support you that way normal blood labs don't if your doctor's told you your blood labs are normal and you feel like crap they're probably not really normal exactly like trust what your gut feeling is trust how your physical body is expressing itself to you I mean that is 100% you can tell me what you feel on this one but I have a lot of patients who come to me it seems like after they've tried everything Mm-hmm. they've gone five years of pain they've tried everything and then they come to me but now that I've been in practice six years I'm like almost like why didn't you come to me earlier you know why didn't you really look at the whole body and I'm sure that you get clients like that as well where you're like this was a magnesium deficiency this whole time and you have been on this particular synthetic drug for leg cramping and it's actually causing liver damage now 
it's this trickling effect that we need to be very aware of and we need to educate people on. It can be very simple. Dehydration is a huge thing that causes so many problems. You know, elemental eating, just consuming the right foods, getting exercise, you know, all of these things, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Amanda, I could talk to you forever, (laughs) I think. We have a lot in common. Kind of speak to that. Well, honestly, I kind of feel like unless you're in drastic risk of dying, Yes. I mean, each one, I mean, 80 to 80% of our health is determined by our diet and lifestyle choices. So when something's not right, you know, there's something in your life that's not supporting you correctly. And I think that the big obstacle is that we are cash pay practitioners. Our services aren't covered by insurance. And so people are used to, oh, I'm going to go to my doctor. I can get the testing covered by insurance. And, but you're going to waste a lot of time where you could be improving your health and feeling better, trying to get what you'd like to get from that practitioner, but that's just not their wheelhouse. Like I said, they are doing fantastic work identifying pathology. They can help you repair significant damage to your body, like if you have an injury or a puncture or a disease, like if you have a disease like cancer or whatnot, you maybe want that treatment, but you also need someone supporting you with the diet and lifestyle habits and choices that actually make a huge difference for your health. But we're not used to paying for that, Mm -hmm. I think, I think by and large. And I mean, even for myself, so by the time I went to get this ultrasound, I'd been having these symptoms for several years. I said to the practitioner, I was like, I'm worried I have cancer. And she said, well, how long has this been going on? And I said, it's been going on about seven years. And she said, she laughed and she said, if you had cancer, you'd be dead by now. But I waited because I didn't. One, super inappropriate. Super inappropriate. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Two, probably true. Probably true, but but true. I know, you know, and I mean, I was really offended by that remark, but, you know, I waited a really long time to go in because I didn't have a doctor. I didn't have insurance. I didn't know how much it was going to cost. I didn't know what kind of Pandora's box I was going to open and have to deal with things. And then when I went in, that was the response I got. And it was just like, oh, you're fine. And I didn't even get the follow-up. And nobody had any suggestions or recommendations for me. And then it kept getting worse. And then again, like on the other side, when it was really bad, I still held back from reaching out because I was like, they're not going to give me the information that I want. But then it was like, I'm being woken up at night by pain. I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. It hurts so badly. So I better go find out what's going on. But I still, I knew not to expect resolution or true help. I just wanted to identify what was going on. But even that, we came up empty. So mm-hmm. I have a question for you. I resonate with you in your story. I had a cyst on my left ovary and it was quite large. I spent a year working with cannabis therapy to heal it, not recognizing it was hormonal. I was one of those people that I was just talking about that was super simple. And if I would have just known that, I mean, I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't. And I, as I was starting, I mean, we all learn from something and it always gets us going in a particular avenue. So that's when I started really doing the deep work and looking in a direction of like what's going on with my systems. And then I started learning about myself in a deeper way. Through all of that, I recognized that there are many ways to test for things. Many ways. And I had a really, really, really bad experience. And I echo, before I say this, I echo your positivity with there is a place for every practitioner. I've always joked in my classes that if my arm gets chewed off, I am not going to run into a naturopath office. You know, I'm going to go to the emergency room (laughs) where there's a huge staff of different certified professionals and healthcare professionals that are going to help me. There is places for that. And thank goodness we have people for that. But I think more people need to recognize what they are asking for, what they're looking for, and pair themselves with the right practitioner. We have so many different types of practitioners now that have their own titles that are specified in what they're doing, whether it be nutritional, mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional. And that's why this podcast is here, is to kind of have people more aware of that, that they can actually utilize. My healthcare practitioner called, who was a very good friend of mine actually at the time, and she said that, it was cancer, that the test had come back, back tracking to that story, that it was cancer. 
and that it was going to spread to my lymph glands and that I had a very short period of time. This was over the phone, super unprofessional, private line. I mean, just crossed a many boundaries there. The thing is, is that was not her place to say. That's not what happened. I'm still alive. This is five years later. I'm super, super healthy. Got through it with cannabis, found out a lot about myself. Point being is that there are practitioners who can really help and guide in a softer way. And we may look at price bracket of, okay, well, this this particular service is $300 for a month. And I, I don't know if I can handle that. If you work with a practitioner, they may be very helpful to you by giving, you know, blood type, working with your acidity, looking at what foods you're consuming, looking at cleansing, doing iridology, like doing body mechanics, like doing all of these different things. These are just things that I do simply What are things that you do in your practice that can help someone? So what does that look like if someone was wanting to work with you? Because don't you think that this is extremely important that we know that there are other services out there that can help? And even if they cost, you're going to get a better experience. You're going to get a more real, natural connection. And you're going to get a better value out of the the money that you're investing. I mean, I have insurance, but every time I use it, I still have to pay money. So... I know it hurts a little bit to have to pay out of pocket, but yeah, I I spend a lot of time with my clients. That's one thing that I do, and, and especially in the beginning as I work with them, we spend a lot of time going over their story and their history because I found and I've been taught and I found it to be true that the cure or what the thing that we're looking for is inside of that person's story. There are places in that narrative where things went off track, and those are often really great clues about Absolutely. what we're dealing with. And then there's also a lot of clues about things that help, things that hinder, and getting really clear on those things. Those are our tools. Those are our major tools. Like what can we add or take away that's going to help or repair or remove stress that's going to help move this project forward for the person? You know, it really varies depending on the person. It's highly individualized, but I have a very specific intake process. You know, I spend 90 minutes with people in the first visit and we just, and we talk and I hear their story and I ask questions and based on their very lengthy intake that really, I ask about a lot of things in a lot of different areas. And then we come together and I create a sort of a, a trajectory of like, okay, here's where I think we need to go. Here's what I think we need to do. And, but it's, it's a conversation. It's not like, here's what you're going to do. We're going to have a conversation and I'm going to be crafting that, taking into account not only that person's situation with their health, but what does their life look like? How stressed out are they? What is their family system like? Do they have community support? Do they have, you know, what's their spiritual practice? I'm, I'm, I'm considering all of that because the solution needs to be matched to that person and it's going to look really different and how I even talk about it with a person is going to be really unique and different depending on where they're coming from and then beyond that it's I, I do like to look at at least basic blood labs for people I find there's a lot of great information like I was alluding to earlier and sometimes depending on the situation we may at the beginning look at some functional lab testing so that's like stool analysis to look for hidden infections SIBO breath testing thyroid function testing. That's one that's often missed and ignored by conventional providers. Also hormone testing with either saliva or dried urine. There's lots of others, but those are kind of the main ones that I might look at. Oh, and food sensitivity testing as well. Food sensitivity testing is a little bit of a wild card because sometimes it's not really that accurate. So I also spend a lot of time with clients helping them look at what they're doing. So I use a tool called the Food Mood Poop Journal that, <laughs> that sounds fun. yeah, it sounds like fun, right? Um, to help people start get in the habit of tracking their, their food intake alongside their symptoms and their changes in their stool. And so just tracking, and that, that's just one tool, but other tracking tools as well to really start gathering data so we can really get really crystal clear on, okay... Maybe we're going to look at your blood sugar. If I suspect there's an issue there, we're going to have you test your blood sugar at home several times during the day for a week. And we want to be understanding what's affecting that, which foods are affecting that, what behaviors are affecting that, and making our recommendations based on that actual data, based on that actual feedback from your body. It's really hard to say with a general way where we go with that because it's so unique and individualized for each person. 
I'm going to walk that person through the process of finding their way through that and asking, you know, because I see this stuff and it's like, okay, I, I, I'm curious about this. You know, you said that this doesn't work for you or this does work for you and this helps, but I'm seeing this other thing over here. Have you considered the impact of that? And how could we explore whether that's an issue or not? And maybe we want to look into that. I love speaking with you. I think we could geek out for hours. I have one quick question before we have to take a little break. Most people that are coming to you for information, what are they mostly coming to you for? I think the people that I have the most leverage to offer are people with digestive issues and food sensitivity issues because I have suffered very deeply with these particular problems and I have studied it and up and down and sideways and um, it's really my wheelhouse. It's really where I shine is taking in all those details and fiddling with the details and helping people sort out what's working. But I think also, you know, hormonal issues are also a place where I feel pretty comfortable and autoimmune as well, just to the extent that, you know, I think most autoimmune diseases have a really huge digestive component and people aren't always aware of that, but that's a huge place where I feel pretty passionate about helping people who have autoimmune diagnoses feel like, you know, your doctor may have told you that there's nothing you can do, but that's just not true. That's heard all the time. Yeah. All the time across the board. And I was just about to hit on that. I have patients that come in that say there's nothing that can be done because they've heard that. And I said, that's absolutely not correct. What a disservice we do to patients and clients by telling them that, right? It's just absolutely not correct. There is nothing, and I don't know, I've just chimed in here for a second, but you've hit on something very fascinating and exciting for me to share with you, is that we've really come to a place in health and wellness where every single diagnostic can really be traced back to our gut health. And our, of course, our stress level, of course, all of these things, emotional components, environmental components, all of those things. I truly am a firm believer that everything can be reversed, even by just a tad. I really do. What do you think? I absolutely agree. And I mean, I, I do want to say that the end goal that I'm helping people work towards is either remission or a long-term management plan because remission looks really different for each and every person. And, you know, for me, like I'm doing so much better than I was before, but my health is still a work in progress. It's not totally resolved. Am I in remission? I'm, I'm in remission from my endometriosis and, you know, my digestive problems are much resolved. They're not completely resolved my quality of life has drastically increased and I'm living a good life and I feel pretty good. That's it right there. Mm -hmm. Because we all have things. We're going to have little, you know, things with our back or things with the foods that we eat or if we get too stressed out, we might have to take this supplement. It's constantly molding and creating that. It's always shifting. But to know that there is hope there, right? There is a goal being, you know, have a good life. Have a good life. That's the goal. Yeah. And I mean, that's where I start with people. Like, what is it that you want to get out of this? I love that. You know, so you can do what? You want to heal this so you can do what? Boom. That's it. That's it. I like that. Don't you? (laughs) Chelsea's over here laughing at me, but it's for real. It happens to be that time in our podcast where we're going to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. You and I, we're going to continue to talk about This is Dr. Pepper Hernandez from Natural Medicine on the Plaza. Have you ever thought about becoming a holistic health practitioner? Well, now you can with online classes as well as traditional in-class workshops right here in Arcata, Humboldt County. This program is being taught by some of the most amazing teachers in the areas of herbal medicine, holistic anatomy, women's yoni health, essential oils, juice cleansing, meditation, yoga therapy, Ayurvedics, 
and so many more. Visit the website today and get started on your application, drpepperhernandez.com. Interested in classes, workshops, or other trainings? Check out the website for more information. Start your new journey now, and let's make this your very best year ever. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you enjoyed that little shout out. While you were listening to that, we were able to chat a little bit more about something I find very exciting. I do this with my clients and I would like for you to share with the listeners what the food mood poop journal is because I really like this and how can our listeners incorporate that into their life so explain exactly what it is that you do and and give them a tip gladly okay well first off I just want to say that sometimes the poop conversation gets a little squeamish like people don't like to talk about that but I want to just preface this with saying that poop is one of the most amazing diagnostic tools that you have and we do it hopefully every day hopefully you're doing it every day multiple times a day yeah oh it's wonderful yeah so so what this tool is about is really helping you connect what's happening with what's the interaction and interface between what you're eating your symptoms so mood encompasses not only literally your moods but any symptom or sign that you're experiencing and your stool and so it's basically a sheet with three columns and you could make one up or you can probably find one by checking out some of my blog posts and you know in one column there's it's for food and so you just write down what you eat and I like to tell people that this isn't a moment to be ashamed about what you're eating or just have any judgment but what you really want to do is literally just write down everything you're eating and drinking without any judgment you know you just want to take it down don't worry about it and then in the mood column you want to write down any signs or symptoms you're noticing. So, you know, if you wake up and your belly hurts when you wake up in the morning, write that down. If you get really irritable after lunch, write that down. If you notice at 4 p.m. every day or that particular day, you're so tired that you can't keep your eyes open and you're just like slumping on your desk or whatever, you can't keep up with your kids, write that down. Um, You know, and it really could be anything emotional or physical that's happening for you or signs you know oh I got a rash on my hand or that kind of thing and then in the poop column you want to take a look at what's called the Bristol stool chart which is just a standardized table that gives you kind of a reference for poop shapes and sizes and consistency and you you know it's got a number it's a one to seven scale and so every time you poop you just take a look in the bowl and say oh that's a that's a two and then you write the two down or you know whatever happened that's what you write in the poop column so you take about five to seven days to start take some of that data and then you want to sit down and you can you can just get a lot of information from this tool Um, you can really get a sense of you know what kind of foods am I eating am I eating mostly carbs am I eating mostly proteins am I eating too much or too little fat Am I eating vegetables or not? Am I eating fruits and vegetables? So those kinds of questions. Am I eating enough fiber? And one of my major kind of dietary guidance pieces of advice in a general sense, it has to be individualized, but we want to have protein, fat, and fiber at every meal and snack. So we can look with that eye. Are you getting protein, fat, and fiber at at breakfast? Did you get it at lunch? Did you get it at dinner? And then we want to start trying to tease out some of these patterns that we're seeing between what you're eating and your symptoms. So does that fatigue thing happen at four o'clock every day? Okay, well, what did you eat for lunch? Did you have enough protein in breakfast? Sometimes that protein at breakfast can have a huge impact on your blood sugar at the end of the day like that. So, you know, just starting to try and tease out the relationship between the, the specific foods you're eating or the composition of, of those meals and then what you're seeing with your symptoms. And once you have that information and you've kind of teased some of that detail out, then you can start to make some changes. So you can experiment and you say, okay, well, if I add an extra egg with my breakfast or if I add, you know, a, some protein powder to my smoothie, do I feel better at 4 p.m.? 
And if not, okay, what else do I need? Maybe I need something refreshing. You know, maybe I need to take a walk at lunchtime or maybe I need to move my exercise around or I don't know. You can just start to play with the details. And I like to share this story about what the Food Mood Poop Journal can do for you. And for me, it required a little bit more tracking, but I was having trouble with constipation and I couldn't figure out what was causing it. I was doing all the things you're supposed to do to relieve constipation and it wasn't working. And so I was tracking my food for some time just to get more detail about what was really happening with my digestion and my body. And so after I had a bunch of data, I started going back through and looking to see, okay, well, when was I constipated? When was my stool at the low end of the scale, at like a one or a two, and also skipping days? Each time it happened, I would look back and say, well, what did I eat in the day or two before? And for me, I've noticed that a lot of my symptoms are delayed food reactions. So this may not be true for everybody, but I like to talk about that because it's a thing. Like you can have a delayed food reaction three, even four days after the fact. So the Food Mood Poop Journal can really help you with this because you can't remember what you ate four days ago, but if you have it written down, you can refer back. So what I found was every time I had this bout of constipation where I would skip a day or even two of pooping, I had eaten broccoli the day before. It's like so random. You know, broccoli is a perfectly healthy food. We all want to eat lots of those cruciferous vegetables and get their good source of sulfur. But for me, every time I ate broccoli, I would skip a day. And it was like, oh, okay. So that information really changed. You know, I could remove that food temporarily and, and start reducing the frequency and amount of constipation I was experiencing. And then I could think about, well, why is broccoli a problem? Like what might be happening there? And so then I could dive into the underneath root causes of that. That's so interesting. Everyone's body is so different. So different. Right? So different. That's Mm -hmm. very interesting. The delayed food reaction that you were speaking of, I think it has a lot to do with the digestive system. Some people's digestive system is much quicker, right? And some is not. And the best way to find that out is by eating either beets or corn. And you can find out how quickly things are moving through your body. Mm -hmm. Things don't need to be moving too quickly. But they need to be moving quick enough that I feel that it's within the day. But what are you thinking? I mean, you're probably seeing everything and hearing everything, and that's okay. But the goal would be, for me, the goal would be breakfast is moving through at least by the next breakfast, if not by that evening, depending on how many times someone's having a bowel movement. Right. I mean, I think that that's a nice ideal to aspire to. And really, it varies so much for people. And even just, even if you have normal transit time, some people have longer digestive tracts Mm -hmm. and, you know, a longer colon or a longer small intestine um, on, you know, on average. And, And then when you add in the factor of, adhesions or previous surgical scars or things that can slow things down it can really slow things down but yeah we want people to be I want to see them pooping at least (laughs) once a day if not more um yeah and the specific transit time I think you know it's sometimes hard to speed things up but if you know your body and what it's supposed to be doing and how it's supposed to be working and you work with someone like yourself Amanda you can really find out so much more and you can really have this like fine-tuned health care because you re- it's really about taking uh, full responsibility for your own health and finding professionals like yourself who can help you along that journey yeah right? and it's a lifestyle Mm-hmm. It's not just a quick fix. Mm-mm. It's a full-on lifestyle. Because if our body, if something's going on with our body, it's the indication that something's going on on a deeper level, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. And so finding that out may not always be the easiest and we may not have time, but it is the most important. Yeah. Because and I, without that, I mean, what do you have? Yeah. One of my teachers really talks about this in the context of the gap between, you know, like like we said earlier, we need our allopathic physicians for certain purposes. We absolutely need them. But I've been in conversation with one locally here who she's very aware of this gap and she has patients and clients and she believes in the power of diet and lifestyle medicine, but she doesn't have time in her practice to sit down and actually explain to someone what it means to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. She knows that there's that gap between what she's treating and doing in her office, but what that person actually needs to do well and thrive. So that gap is what we fill, right? I don't mean to interrupt you, but that has to be a hard place too. 
you know, we've had allopathic physicians in the medical field, in the mental, emotional fields come in and talk and they have an open, huge heart and they just don't have the time. And so in no way, shape or form are we bashing that type of medicine because it needs to be there. But can you imagine just only, I mean, like your job tells you, you have 15 minutes to get this person out. So really what you're doing is you're giving them the best advice that you know how coming from the education that you come from. And it's more about people. That's why I say it's about people really taking their own, you know, taking their own health into their own hands and finding people that are resonating with the education frequency that they need to hear. You know, if you're looking for someone about diet, go to someone who specializes in diet. Right. If you're looking for someone who has hormonal issues or wants to work with hormonal issues, find someone who specialized in that. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. And it truly is. We are paying for what we get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many, you're, you're right. There's so many practitioners out there who are traditional allopathic physicians or nurse practitioners or people with other titles who really want to, do, I, I think the vast majority of them want to do well by their patients Absolutely. and they really want to see them thrive and, and heal. And the model that they've been given and the model that they operate under really doesn't allow for that. And so, yeah, we need to maybe create some way to collaborate together. So, you know, I'm even better is, you know, if we can work together with those practitioners to, you know, okay, you handle this part that is your expertise and I'm going to handle this part. And then this person over here is going to handle this part. And together, if we can have a a conversation or a connection together, we can actually collectively help this patient or client move towards where they need to go. That's when asking your primary care for a referral system Mm -hmm. really helps Mm -hmm. because you see the whole picture, you know, because one person can see the whole picture, but it's really nice to have multiple people on board. Mm -hmm. You know, I always talk to my patients about having a support system. And that means their practitioners around them need to be communicating, need to be on the same vibe, at least being able to tune in and respect one another and help that patient. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. So speaking along those same lines, if we were to create, (laughs) if we were to create a superhuman, now this is general, you know, and I know you're very much about specifics and I love that about you, but if we were to create a superhuman, human nourishing self recipe, what would be in that for you? What would you pretty much suggest any listener will get benefit from? Oh boy. No, it's a big question. <laughs> no, no, but, but it's, I love to it's ask simple because everyone's so different, you know? Yeah. No, it's simple actually. Okay. Okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's the right diet for you. And that, that part's going to be widely different for different mm-hmm. people, but the right diet for you, making sure that you're getting good sleep, making sure that you're moving your body to the extent that your body is able. So that's also going to look really different. Like someone with chronic fatigue syndrome who has post-exertional fatigue, their movement practice is going to look really different than somebody who's into CrossFit and paleo and like doing that whole thing, right? But we need to move our bodies, even if that's just taking a short walk or doing a little gentle stretching. And we need to handle our stress. For that, I like to tell people, I like to tell my clients to you know, find that thing that you love doing that hours can go by and you don't even notice. Whatever that thing is for you, for me, it's music, you know, where you could just do it forever. (laughs) Find what that is and do it regularly if you can every single day. Yeah. So diet, rest, stress relief, exercise. That's it. It sounds so simple and it's something we've heard forever, but so true. I mean, it's just right on. You know, they've been telling us this for as long as I've been alive, you know, and I know they've known it before then. But it's just, yeah, thank you for that. What do you, oh, go ahead. One other thing, actually, sorry, is community. Uh, That's very important. That's the other piece that we don't thrive without a supportive community, whether that's friends or family or a spiritual community or people at our church or our temple or whatever. But when we have solid relationships and people that we feel like we can rely on, that does more for our health than almost anything else. Even if you're smoking and drinking and partying and whatever, if you have a community of people behind you, you're generally healthier than the person who's maybe doing everything right, but it feels totally alone and isolated. We're not suggesting to go and do the smoking, drinking, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) I get what you're saying. There was a study done recently 
that we were looking at the happiest, healthiest people and what they had done in their lifetimes. And they were looking at people who were in their 80s and 90s and the ones who didn't suffer from dementia or any kind of serious health issues were those who were eating consistently as far as their diets were consistent at the right same time, so so on and so on. The stress levels were lowered. And same thing that you're saying, the sleep wasn't really that big of a thing. Cause I think the older we get, the less sleep that we require for some, mm-hmm. I've noticed that with my older patients, but the big piece was the community mm-hmm. was having, and all of these people that had lived long, healthy lives were married. And so they had someone that they were with and they had family around them, whether it be their children or, or, you know, an organic family as far as like, you know, their neighborhood. But I thought that was so empowering to recognize those are the pieces Mm -hmm. that make human life live it worth living, which is what you said earlier. Like, what's your goal to make your life happy and worth living? I'm paraphrasing. What did you say exactly? Um, Something like that. Yeah. So you can do what you want to heal what you're doing. So you can do what? So you can chase this dream or be there for your kids or enjoy yourself or experience the world or, you know, so I can do the job that I love. You know, for me, one of the things that is one of my things that drives me is like, I want to be able to share food with people again. I have all these food sensitivities and I often can't eat what other people are eating, but, and I still gather with people and I I bring my own food, but, you know, I'd like to be able to just effortlessly share food with people and not have to worry about it, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I like that one. Don't worry. We all have sensitivities towards food. Every single person. Some people just deal with it and don't know it. They may be scratching at themselves or they may be running their their noses running or whatever. Yeah. And they're just blaming on other things. But it's like, no, you're really sensitive to dairy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody has it. Yeah. Some people are just tuned into it more. Mm -hmm. Some people are not. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. I could seriously geek out with you for another, another like, couple hours. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe we'll do it again. But for right now, we do a little something at the end of the podcast that is basically you <laughs> choosing a tarot card. And you can do it in any way that you choose. You can do it by visually looking at it. You can you know, cut the deck, run your hands over it, hand scan it any way that you want. And then once you find one, then we'll ask you to explain it to the listeners, what it visually looks like and read us the lesson. And while you're doing that, I'm going to play the singing bowl for you. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I got release the need to complain. That's so weird. Maybe that one's for me. Oh, no, (laughs) but it's not. And I want to say why. Something similar to that, like this weekend. Did you? Yeah. But go ahead. Well, let me talk about what I'm thinking about this. Tell us what it looks like in the front. Oh, okay. Tell tell, tell the listeners. Okay, so uh, the, the image is a woman with long hair, and she's wearing these big flowing robes and she's kind of opening the chest of her long coat and these birds are flying <gasps> out of her chest Aww. beautiful it's like heart chakra opening mm-hmm. oh i love it yeah mm. so before i read what's on the other side yes. i want to say what i'm thinking about this card is um just the other day i was seeing um I saw an article or a blog post from someone that was talking about a lot of people with a lot of chronic illness or confusing illness that's gone on a long time without a lot of solutions. We can get really mired in all of that stuff and just feel really frustrated and angry. And that's totally understandable to feel that way. And I have been there myself. And yet the question in the article was like, well, what if we reframe that? You know, all of these symptoms and these things that are going on, they're messages from our body. And what they are are not only the messages, but they're also evidence that our body is trying. It's trying to do what it knows that it needs to do. It's doing its best to repair. Even though it's out of balance and it's uncomfortable, it's working to balance. So could we reframe all of those symptoms and signs as actual evidence that our body's trying really hard to do right by us? It's not that our body's failed. I love that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. So it's very important. Yeah. So today's lesson, it reads on the back, honestly assess whether you're a complainer. 
No matter whether you share complaints with others or keep them to yourself, this tendency is a way of looking at a situation without seeing its potential blessings. Your goal? To release the predilection to complain and instead see the positive side of things. And if we want to talk about stress relief, this is a significant one. Like, are we complaining inside of our head a lot about negative things and inviting that negative space into our life? What's it like to let that go? I love that. I really do. That's so powerful. That's a good one. And I hope the listeners take that on and do something with it. I mean, I know I'm going to. Because that's the second time I've heard that this week, so something. Okay. <laughs> it's good advice for me, too. You know, yeah. we d- I don't think, especially as healing practitioners as we both are, I don't think that we probably complain all that much to the exterior, but we it's about complaining and hearing our inner dialogue, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes we might be going through some, some conscious programming inner dialogue stuff and we don't even catch it so for me that's where it's headed for me and maybe if the listeners um similar to myself who's like oh I'm so positive everything's great I mean someone will ask me how I'm doing and I'm like I'm wonderful I'm always good and it's true but maybe it's more of going deeper into that because there's so many layers of health Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so many layers yeah so Amanda, before we let you go, you've been just a joy and so kind and, and pleasant today. Can you tell the listeners how they can, one, contact you, maybe check out your blogs, uh, look at your social media, or contact you for an appointment? Yeah, so if you'd like to find out more about working with me or contacting me, you can go to confluencenutrition.com. And my blog is linked there. And you can also grab a free copy of my Roadmap to Recovery, which kind of maps out my approach. So if you'd like to learn more about the details of what I do, you can check that out. And my contact page also has information about how to reach me and connect with me there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You really have been a joy. I appreciate you for making time today to come to the show and encourage people to get one step closer to aligning themselves, their highest self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day, and let's try to make this your very best life ever. This episode has been brought to you by Italian Balsamic Vinegar.